This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, the power hour is upon us. Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN. Of course, we are continuing to stream live on the ESPN app. That's Eric McLean. He's filling in for West Durham. He's got golf on the brain. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, we've had football on the brain today, yeah, which is have. a beautiful thing. Come and on. Before we get into uh, the NFL draft, Grace Rainer is coming up in about 15 minutes to talk about Clemson's situation. And uh, Paul Zeiss will join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about the Pitt Panthers, the defending ACC football champs. And, uh, again, we're going around the league today having some fun. But before we get started uh, regarding the NFL draft, which starts on Thursday, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to our buddy Kirk Herbstreit, uh, who yesterday went on social media uh, talk about a, a blood clot situation. And, again, you got to stay healthy and all that good stuff. So, Kurt, we're thinking about you. Uh, he will not be covering the uh, NFL draft this week for ABC, ESPN, and everybody else. But uh, he is a good dude, and uh, thoughts and prayers got to Kirk Herbstreit. Yes, scary, man. It sounds like they caught it early, which is great. Thankful for those doctors, but, man, get better, buddy. Get yeah. better. And he says he feels good, but, uh, again, you got to be smart. Uh, probably not good traveling when you got right. the old blood clot routine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kurt, we're thinking about you and all that good stuff. Uh, speaking of the NFL draft, uh, from an ACC perspective, we're going to have some dudes going early. Yeah. Big it's... man from NC State eating pancakes How early? now. How early? That's, that's what I can't wait to see. All right. And I, I think what's crazy about this draft, maybe more than others, is there isn't a guy. There isn't a clear-cut one where we know, and we've known for weeks, then it's everybody else. I think right now, I don't think the Jaguars know who they're going to take. I think it's still up in the air. And I think if... How do you not know? I mean, come on, I mean, you've had... <laughs> wait a minute. Here's why I say this. Because, number one, you had the first pick a year ago... It was yep. Trevor Lawrence. We got easy. it. Yep. That, that was easy. So basically, you've been on the clock for a year because you stunk last year, <laughs> right? And I don't mean to dig up the Urban Meyer garbage and, right. you know, you didn't win any games. You know who you are. So they've been on the clock. They knew halfway through the year, yeah. you know what, there's probably a good chance we're going to pick one or two. <laughs> Right, I mean, so, but I think it's the emergence of guys. Like, I, I think if you started get that midseason, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson's at the top of the list. I surely don't think the young man from George is at the top of the list, and probably Jamal even Walker. Icky. Icky's probably not at the top of that list either. I, I but but my point is, <laughs> when you're two and ninety-five or yeah. whatever the record is, you need help everywhere. Right. So you know, you had the combine. You've watched college football nonstop. You got a staff. Yeah. You got a new coaching staff. You got all kinds of tape. Everything known to man with the NFL is at your disposal to get information. How in the world would you not know? All that being said, I don't think they know. <laughs> and what I would do if I was in that position is I'm beefing up my offensive line. I would too. I don't think there's any question I'm taking Nicky because I, I get the Cam Robinson situation. He, he, he signed. He's got the franchise tag. He's there for a year. Then I don't know. Icky can play left tackle. Left guard, right guard, right tackle, and right away. And he he's just he's a cornerstone piece for me. Defensive ends, I don't think any of the the four or five are really separated. I don't think anybody's more elite. I think it's a good group of guys. I don't think there's a guy. And so with that in mind, let's go offense. Let's protect our franchise quarterback oh, that's where and I get going. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a GM. I don't even like to play the role of one. <laughs> but if I was running the show, you know what I'd do? 
I'm trading down and getting yeah, picks. Sure. I'm acquiring more assets. Right. Hey, you love that number one pick? You got somebody you're in love with? Hey, I got the deal for you. I want to take your first round, your second round, a fourth round, one number one for next year. You knock yourself <laughs> you out and go get whoever you make, whoever you're in love with. Right. I don't care if it's Hutchinson, Walker, whatever. Yeah. I'm trading down and getting picks. Yeah. That's what I would do. So I, I agree. But I'm not a GM. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So I, I do think Icky's going to be the, the first pick in the ACC. I think five makes a lot of sense to the Giants. Um, but really, I could see him going to any of those spots in the top five. And I think could be a instant type playmaker guy. I think the next guy that's going to be chosen uh, could be Kenny Pickett to the Panthers oh, right there at oh, six. My neighbor. He could be here. I got, a house. House for I got a house for him right up the street. So he could be coming. He could be coming. Um, Bringing Bojangles in the morning, sitting in with us. The, the most fascinating thing to me, Pac, and, and would love to hear your thoughts on this as well. We, we went from like three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, so there were going to be no quarterbacks drafted in the first round. That all this free agency and everybody was filling their needs accordingly. To now, I, I we might have two in the top ten with Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Maybe to Carolina. Maybe to the Seahawks at nine. I I just don't know. Do, do you see Kenny top ten, or you think he's going to slide a little? I'm rooting bit? for him. I, I like him yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, love him, love and him. I'd love to see him here in Carolina, just from a selfish standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but I want listen. I'm rooting for all these guys, right? We've had a chance to get to know them, and they've been on the show and. You know, you cover them obviously on Saturdays on ACC Network as well. And, you know, this is the dream come true, right? This is why you work so doggone hard to get yeah. an opportunity to hear your name called and make millions of dollars and play a game you love to play. Um, I'm rooting for all of them. I mean, I, I mean I, if Kenny Pickett ends up in Carolina, uh, Wes Durham's not going to hear the end of it because uh, as the voice of the Falcons, I will remind him all the time. that's the dude that's coming to kick your rear end and down here in Atlanta. So uh, I, I listen, I, I hope it works out. I mean, yeah. it turns out he ends up at Pittsburgh and he doesn't have right. to leave. It's a it's great. dream situation too no for him. So no doubt. Uh, I'm happy for all these guys. I'm yeah. kind of curious to see where Sam Howell goes. Right to me, he's kind of the wild card that's kind of gotten lost a little yeah. bit and probably didn't have the last year that he wanted to have based right. on the hype and expectations. Same thing with their team, but now all of a sudden, you know, if a guy says, "Boy, that how guy, it works for what we yeah. want to do," let it rip. Right, and, and that can be very favorable too. Right, nope, nobody wants to slide. Right, everybody wants to be number one pick, top ten pick, whatever. But if you slide, what does that mean? You're going to a better team. You're going to a better franchise, a more stable franchise. And, and I think that could be very favorable for Sam. And, and you look at the mocks, if you kind of compile them all together, I've seen Sam as, as high as, as 11. I've seen him as low as in the third round. And so there's this really wide gap for Sam Howell. But what I can promise you is whoever drafts him is getting the best deep ball passer in this class, a guy that is very, very accurate, and, and he loves ball. I mean, you, you talk to Sam Howell, hey, what'd you do today? Uh, I lifted weights. I went to meetings. I played Madden. I went to class and then I went back and watched film. It's all ball for him and, and he loves it. And so I think Sam Howell is going to be a guy that is drafted maybe in the late first round for sure in the second or third, but I expect him to be in a really, really good situation pack. I hope so. Seems like a great guy. I'm wishing the best with all that stuff. You know, the other thing too, again, like Jermaine Johnson for me, who number one, Shows up. He transfers yeah. from Georgia, goes to Florida State. Absolute baller, right? Just making plays every single week. Yeah. And then blows everybody's socks <laughs> off at the Senior Bowl. Goes down there, and people are like, man, this dude, Florida State, yeah. is killing people. Yeah. It has a great combine. I, I'm kind of curious to see how far he moves up, especially Thursday night. Yeah, you, you know what's crazy about that? And, and people listening might be a little shocked, but I've heard him as high as two 
to the Lions. And you say, why? How is that? He was with the Lions pack for an entire week at the Senior Bowl. They saw him up close and personal, how he is as as a player, how he reacts to coaching. And guess what? At the Senior Bowl, they kind of do, the the Lions specifically did a a one-on-one drill. They said, our best defensive guy, our best offensive guy, Jermaine Johnson killed him, murdered him. And so they got to see that. I don't think it's crazy. I think he's he's pushing for that top 10 for sure. Man, if he went two to the Lions, that, that would be bizarre. It'd be, be great. Nuts. And again, he's been on with us before and just yeah. handles himself. He handles himself like a pro. Yes. Right? There's certain guys you interview that are quote-unquote student-athletes, right. and you just go, they're different. Yeah. Right? And they you just, just look at his story, what it took to get to this point, exactly the right. travel, the community college, not playing at Georgia, to then being the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, top 10 pick potentially – I mean, he, he's a guy that loves it. Yeah, humble, hungry, yeah. and just goes about his business. Yeah. He's an easy guy to root yes. for. Really yes. easy guy to root for. Uh, Andrew Booth from Clemson. Now, he seems to be a floater to me based on all these mocks yeah. you look at. You can see him somewhere in the first round. Maybe he slides to the second. I don't know. Again, we'll find out Thursday yeah. night. But, uh, man, how many times do we see him make plays? You just go, wow. Yeah. Athletic. I, I'm going to get on a little soapbox here. I, I think if you look at the film, if you watch him play football – He's the first or second best corner in the draft. He does everything. He's a ball hawk. He has ball skills. He's making one-handed catches over six, eight wide receivers. He comes up in run support and is not afraid to put his face in the fire. He has the picks. And I think when you look at the postseason, and he wasn't able to do the combine because of injury. He wasn't able to do the pro day because of injury. The underwear Olympics have put this weird cloud over Andrew Booth for whatever reason. Pack. I don't have to sit here and make him jump and touch a stick. I've seen him fly through the air and intercept a ball from Kenny Pickett. I've seen him jump over a receiver. I don't need to see his fast. I've seen him hawk down guys all the time. And so for me, man, it's uh, he's a guy that's whoever drafts him, maybe the Bills, maybe the Patriots around the 20 area, they're getting a ton of value out of that pick. Real quick, another guy who's going to go in the first round, Zion Johnson from Freak. BC. Is, yeah. and you're right. Absolute <laughs> mess. And, and, and you know, when you see him interviewed, again, it's a guy that looks yes. like he's been a five-year pro in the NFL yeah. already. Yes, super smart, very humble, yeah. guy that loves the game. I think he's going to be a center. I think he's a day-one starter, plug-and-play. Enough said. Going to be fun Thursday night. You'll hear a bunch of ACC guys and go, man, a lot, man. Good for those guys. Right. Making millions, having right. fun, living the life out there in Vegas. It'll be cool. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of uh, draft, the huddle. You ready to roll? Wednesday, tomorrow. We're that's, here. That's exactly right. The huddle draft special. The night before the first round, we're going to have all the draft expectations as well as reasons why ACC players should be successful and what fans need to know about each draftee. It all goes down tomorrow, 9 Eastern, right here on ACC Network and the ESPN app. Simple as that. When we come back, we talk to Grace Rayner about the Clemson Tigers. Big expectations. Clemson coming off a quote-unquote down year. They only won 10 games last year. (laughs) Heaven forbid. We're going to talk about the Tigers next, right here on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Grace Rayner now joins us from The Athletic. This will be Grace's 12th appearance on the program. A dozen for Grace. And uh, she likes this time of the year because it's time to talk Clemson football. <laughs> Grace, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning. I can't believe it's 12. Is that really is that really the case? That is accurate. This is your dozen, number 12 for you. 12 dozen wow. appearances for you. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Well, thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure <laughs> having you. All right. Uh, what an interesting time in Tigertown, isn't it? I mean, uh, Dabo's always good for a great quote. Uh, no matter what he says, there's always an element of America that's going to scream and holler, no matter if he's right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, you go through this transition state in terms of the staff. You go through a team that only went 10 and 3, yet people treat them, treat them like they went 3 and 10. Um, out of the spring football, what, what was the one thing that just appeared to you that you went, wow, I did not know about Clemson football out of the spring? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was that I think we all knew that this defense was going to be top-notch, but it's different when you see it. And, Eric, I know you were at Clemson for the spring game, but just looking at this defensive line and realizing that Brian Brzee was not even playing in the spring game is probably what made me go wow the most, just seeing all of these guys together um, and realizing, okay, this this might be – 2018 level defensive line so that was probably the thing that stood out to me the most and then on the opposite end of the spectrum I, I did say I had a few wow moments with the offense not necessarily in a in a positive way in the spring game I, there were a couple of, of plays a couple of moments in the offense where it kind of felt like we were back in 2021 uh, so I am I am curious to see kind of where Clemson goes with that this offseason. Grace I want to stay on the defensive side real quick um, Clemson losing two first-team All-ACC cornerbacks. We, we know there's talent there, but maybe a couple of guys that you have heard from or you've heard from this coaching staff that really emerged as, as leaders and playmakers in the secondary this coming season. Yeah, for sure. I've got my eye on, on Sheridan Jones. I mean, I just think that this is a guy – He the, when Andrew Booth kind of exploded onto the scene, it kind of felt similar to this, a guy that we had heard about but hadn't seen in a, in a full-time starting role, but – knew he was capable of doing it. I'm not saying Sheridan is, is the next booth. I don't know that anyone is the next booth, to be completely honest. Um, but I think he's ready. I mean, he's a senior. He's been in this system for a while. I do envision that he'll he'll lock down one of those starting corner jobs. Um, but I'm curious to see who's next to him. I think you can make an argument for a lot of different guys. Nate Wiggins, I know we saw really shine last year. Coaches seem to really love him. Um, and then McCube has been repping at corner. I, I don't know what Clemson's plan is for that. I think they will keep him at safety, but I think it's at least interesting that they've got him repping there. Grace, you know what's intriguing to me about this team defensively is they lose some great linebackers. They've been there for 100 years, right? We always see Skowski. keep waiting for Skowski to show up for one more season. <laughs> and you think, man, they lost, they lost these linebackers, all this experience. But yet something tells me, just based on practices, people who have seen them, obviously the spring game, Clemson may be back to like the old days at linebacker in terms of size and speed and athleticism and instinct, taking nothing away from those guys that have been playing for the last couple of years. But defensively on the linebacker spot, Clemson may be actually better than they've been in a long time. For sure. I totally agree with you, Pac. I think it's one of the few positions on the team where they lost, like you said, so much experience and arguably got better. I mean, you just look at this group they're going to move Trenton Simpson to Will Linebacker, and then you've got Barrett Carter at Sam and a nice little competition at Mike between Bentley and McGuire and, and Jeremiah Trotter, I think, can play a little bit of both Mike and Will. Uh, so definitely, I think what they're losing in experience and reps from, from Skowski and Spectre, they're picking up in, like you said, size, 
speed, athleticism. I know that Wes Goodwin wanted to cross-train a lot of these guys and get them in different positions. I'm really excited to watch this linebacker group. I think that it's easy to be like, well, they're you know they're losing Scouts. He was there for 100 years. But I think this is going to be a really, really strong position on this defense. All right, Grace, we warmed you up. We, we threw all the softballs at you. Now, now I've got a big one for you. Uh, quarterback position. Um, is it a controversy? Is it a competition? Is it DJ's job and everyone else falls behind him? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that situation going into fall camp? Just from, from my view of it, it feels like, I mean, well, first I'll start with what Dabo Sweeney said. He said, DJ is definitely our starter. He hasn't done anything to not be our starter. So I think it's it's important that we – that we hear from, from Dabo on that one. However, I think that just as, as someone who saw the spring game, obviously saw DJ's season last year and has seen a little bit of Cade Klubnik, I'm not going to be surprised if this does become a competition at some point. I mean, I just think that the thing with DJ that is so fascinating, I don't know if that's the right word, but the the thing with him is that we've seen him do it. We know he can do it. Like Notre Dame and Boston College in 2020 did happen. Our eyes did not betray us. But I think if he starts out in, in 2022 like he did in 2021 and he's kind of struggling with some of these overthrows and his accuracy is off, I think you, ha- you have an option now that you did not have last year. Clemson didn't have a club Nick last year, a five-star who could really come in and push him, compete immediately, um, and, ta- and, and, and possibly take over the job. So as, along with the rest of the country, I've got my eye on it, but I do think it's possible this becomes a competition, yes. Grace, you know, nobody wants to hear about a team that's won, what, 10 or more games, 11 straight years. They've been incredibly dominant in the fixture in the college football playoff, the multiple national championships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody wants to hear about, oh, you guys had injury issues. <laughs> but I don't remember a Clemson football season uh, like the one uh, Dabba went through last year from an injury front. I mean, they, they were just decimated. It really showed the depth that they have recruited. I think that comes back to help them at some point in time. But they do need to get healthy in 22 for sure i mean they still had i think gabo said 15 guys out this spring just either dealing with the injuries from last season or, or just getting healthy again and then they went into the cheese it bowl down between the portal and injuries they went into the cheese it bowl down 28 scholarship guys and then they lost two more in game to bring it to 30 so this was a team that for sure. I mean, Dabo was, was very clear last year about how he'd never seen anything like it in his career, just absolutely crushed with injuries. So I do think some of that experience helps them. Uh, but, yeah, they got they definitely got to get some of these guys back and, and get it full speed again. One guy in particular that I know Clemson is going to welcome back with open arms is, is Will Shipley, a guy that has very quickly emerged as a leader of this team, as a producer on this team, and I think over time very well-respected. What what do you expect to see from him in this kind of year two jump? Yeah, I thought, I mean, Shipley, to me, and I, I don't think, I'm, I think I speak for the majority here. The way Clemson ran the ball last year and the way C.J. Spiller rotated those running backs, I thought was the clear strength of, of their offense. And so I, I see a, sort of a similar situation this year in which Shipley is kind of sharing the load with Kobe Pace. But I would like to, I'm, I'm curious, Flash, I'm interested to see if Clemson gets him a little bit more involved in the passing game. I think that now that he's a sophomore and he kind of knows the system a little bit better and is, is adjusted to the speed of the game, that's a way that they can use him because he's just so versatile and, and just so explosive. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested to see what the next step looks like for him. He was very clear at the Cheez-It Bowl. He didn't go into specifics, but he was very clear about how there were some personal goals of his that he did not accomplish. What those look like, I don't know. But I think Will Shipley is one of those guys that you can tell 
he has an incredible work ethic, is, is super determined, and then you just watch him run and you see the speed and the power that he runs with. Uh, I think this is, this is going to be another breakout year for him. Grace, last year I thought that Clemson's tight end group was as good as anybody in the country. And quite frankly, they just never seem to be utilized. Every now and then you'd get a dose of it, but it wasn't consistent. Uh, as we move forward in the 22, does the tight end reemerge in the Clemson offense? We really haven't seen it in quite some time. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, if there is going to be a time for it to happen, I think it's got to be this year, right? You've got Davis Allen back. He's a senior. Behind him, you've got some pretty solid depth. Brenning Stool is you know, the top tight end in his class coming in. Now he's a sophomore. Uh, Ennis and Price have you know, sort of gotten a little bit of experience. But, yeah, I think this is the year that they can use Davis in that way. And I think, too, when you look at the wide receivers last year, struggled with some drops. I think PFF said they were third in the ACC for, for most drops in the conference. Uh, so, yeah, throw it to your tight end. And Davis, I think, has that skill set. He's got the size. He's 6'6", 250. And then I also think that you're going to see maybe a little bit more of it just by virtue of the new tight ends coach. Kyle Richardson is also the passing game coordinator. So I do think you'll see him and Brandon Streeter, the offensive coordinator, kind of put their heads together on that one. Grace, I love that. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. How many, I guess, changes do you expect to see from this Clemson offense and the fact that it is a new coordinator and a, a passing coordinator coming in? Are there little things that you've heard? Were there goals throughout the, the spring practices there? What does that look like for Clemson as an offense? Yeah, I think you're going to see just stylistically some, some tweaks and the, the, the board of the offseason that we have heard with Brandon Streeter has been tempo. Uh, so I'm curious to see what that looks like. I don't think you can get a good gauge of that really at all in the spring game. Uh, but I think the most the most interesting thing that I learned about this offense and kind of where it seems to be headed this offseason was that Kyle Richardson basically said, we have stopped kind of practicing these these plays and installing these plays that we're not running in games. And I thought that was just so fascinating that, like, they had this whole mix of plays that were not working for them in games or they weren't going to them. And so he was like, why are we wasting our time with this? So I am curious just what, what it looks like in terms of how they put their own spin on it. Uh, certainly I don't think you can abandon the run game when you have running backs as good as Shipley and Pace. Um, but I'm curious to see, okay, do they air it out a little more? Is the tight end involved a little more? What do the receivers look like at full health? And just, you know, philosophically, Schreeder's going to do his thing. Richardson's going to do his thing. And I think they'll be similar to Tony Elliott, but I think they'll put their own spin on it. Grace, great work as always. Uh, I have complete confidence that a 13th appearance is in your near future. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Be good. Have fun. We'll talk to you. All righty, sounds good. Thank you. You'll have a good one. See you, Grace. Grace Rayner from The Athletic, covered in the Clemson Tigers. We're not done. No, we got more football to talk. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about the defending champs in the league, the Pitt Panthers. Who better than Paul Zeiss to Come break on. it down? Talk about, hey, what's life like without Kenny Pickett? I think it's going to be just fine. Thank you. We'll discuss <laughs> the Panthers coming up next. It's Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham on a Tuesday. Kind of a football Tuesday. It kind of feels like the fall. Yes. How are we talking football Football today, Friday on a Tuesday? Yeah, I like it. I'm all like in, it. baby. Uh, let's talk about the defenders. Uh, we'll try to get Paul Zeiss on here at some point in time. Uh, but the Pitt Panthers, 
Not trying to win another. They, listen, they don't have to defend anything. They're trying to win another one, right? Hot. That's the deal. That's right. Uh, but Pat Narduzzi now, when you take a deep dive into this team, they got a lot of pieces back. Everybody sees Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. gone. You'll see his name tomorrow. Or actually on Thursday in the draft. But you think, oh, they lost their quarterback. They're done. Right. No, they're not. This is a good football team. Yeah. And they've got so many guys. That offensive line's intact. All of them. They got a bunch of dudes and creatures on the defensive side coming yeah. back. There's a lot to like about creatures. This. They got creatures. That's what they got. They come bunch after of werewolves. A bunch they of do. werewolves. They come after you to take you out. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, I, I look at this team, man. All five offensive linemen back, both stud running backs, and then a third kind of emerged in the spring game. Tight end that is just a killer, Bartholomew, that yeah. can really do a lot of different things. The best receiver in the country that nobody seems to talk about right now, Jordan Addison is back. You have a transfer from Akron and Mumfield that I think is going to be a superb number two to go along with all the other great role players in that room. I'm not worried a second for this offense. I think if it's Nick Patty, if it's Keaton Slovis, either one is going to be good. I think Keaton's arm is is better. I think it's live, the things that he can do, the awkward angles. We saw the bombs. And by the way, he didn't have Addison. He didn't have Mumfield. He had a couple of guys that had some bad drops for him. So we truly didn't get to see how his spring was. We didn't go to practice every day. We didn't get to see that. I think he's going to be the guy. And then defensively, Pack, I mean, whether everybody's coming back, everybody leaves, I'm never worried about Pitt's defense. That's just what they do. They roll guys. They have a great staff that gets guys ready. And, uh, man, Kalaja Kansi up front, maybe one of the best D tackles in the country for Pitt. Man, he, he is going to be wreaking havoc all year. I like this team. And, you know, I don't know what the media is going to pick. I have no earthly idea. We'll find <laughs> out in July when we get together in Charlotte. Um, but it would not yeah. surprise, not surprise me yeah. if Pitt gets back to the championship game. Mm-hmm. Would not Are they your pick me. right now in April? No. Miami is? I think I think I'm going to go Miami, but I, I can be kind of hype versus proven. I, yeah, well, I mean, I, I just think the whole TBD is an it's issue good. there, it's right? Good. Until proven yeah. otherwise. All right, yeah. we got Paul Zeiss. He knows better than all of us. <laughs> Let's see what's going on with him. Paul, first of all, always a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, we're sitting here talking about expectations for pit football. Uh, oh, by the way, we can't do a show without you without beating the car, which I love. By the way, <laughs> well, but but can I, but, but I tell you. I, I forgot to plug my phone in overnight. So when you guys called, I was waiting for you, sitting right actually in my office. Um, and then the phone died. As soon as your guy called, my phone died. So now I'm scrambling around trying to find a charger. The only charger that I knew exactly where it was so I could run and get it hooked up was the one that's in my car. So Come even on. when I was sitting in my office, I'm, I'm still end up in my car. You know what? This interview would not be right if you were not in the car. The only thing missing is you're not on the turnpike. But maybe another five, ten minutes down the road, we'll get that straightened out. But nevertheless, like I said, I had it all set up in my my office. I was like, they're going to be very impressed by me sitting here in an office waiting for them. I love it. I love it. I love it. But that's my life in a nutshell. That's okay. It's like a Seinfeld episode. I mean, it totally makes sense with us. Um, All right, so. Let's talk about Pitt, all right? We were just talking about the fact that, hey, they won the championship last year, but there's a lot of pieces back with this team. And, again, I know everybody will talk about the quarterback position, but Pat Darduzzi's done a nice job. And, and, you know, for folks to be stunned if Pitt gets back with an opportunity to win a back-to-back championship, I don't think they should be. This should be a really good football team. Well, I mean, I think the, one, the, the, the first thing is 
Uh, Pat Narduzzi is sort of an old school, you know, uh, crotchety old guy when it comes to his thoughts on football. And he's sort of a dinosaur, but <laughs> he has very quickly figured out the NIL thing. And he's very quickly figured out the transfer thing. And um, as a result, I think it's really going to keep it going. Uh, you know, I don't think that it's a one year hit wonder or whatever. Um, they, they are really, really good at working the transfer portal. Uh, to fill in holes and um you know what he's he's put together a pretty good little coalition of uh you know the nil people to make sure that his stars stay and that he has a chance to bring you know other stars in uh as far as this year's team goes i look at this year's team and think they have a chance to be better than last year's team wow um you know it all comes down to keaton slovis the quarterback who I think a lot of people forget threw for like 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns as a freshman in the Pac-12. So the guy's got talent. I mean, obviously he's got to, you know, sort of fit into what Pitt's looking for. But the other part of it is, um, you know, I don't know that he's going to have to do as much as Kenny Pickett had to do last year because I think that, um, you know, they've got all five of their linemen back. All five of them are, you know, seniors who – um, to, they're taking advantage of their COVID year. So you've got your your offensive line back, and they've got three really good running backs back. And then they went and hired Frank Signetti Jr., um, you know, from Boston College, who actually was Pitt's offensive coordinator, you know, under, under Dave Wonstadt for a couple of years. And he's a guy that really emphasizes and really is big on the run game. So I would expect their offense is going to be more balanced. And as long as Slovis can just make, you know, basic throws and, get the ball to the ridiculous uh, uh, arsenal of, of playmakers, I mean, Pitt's offense is going to be really, really good. I don't think there's any question about that. The other side of the ball is going to be really good as well. It just seems that's what they do. They reload. Uh, this year, fortunate enough, they have a bunch of guys coming back. What is the expectation of that Pitt defense this coming season? Well, I mean, they, they, they have to rebuild their their linebacking group a little bit. Um, but they've up front, they've pretty much got everybody back, you know, minus one or two guys. And, um, you know, that really minus one or two guys, the way that, you know, Narduzzi plays, there's some games he plays 10, 11, 12 defensive linemen. That's just his philosophy is to keep everyone fresh. And, and so, you know, they just keep rolling up there. They, they, need, new, they need more linebackers. Um, but, again, they're second there. They got both their safeties and one of their starting corners. And the other corner was in the rotation a lot. So um, they've got a lot of experience. And I think the defense, you know, last year, as the season wore on, started to figure some things out. I mean, to be honest, there's only one real question in my mind this year about where they're going to be. And that's my, you know, when they play Miami. Um, one of the weirdest things or stats or whatever you want to come up with is uh, since the 80s, uh, they've played Miami 25 times. They're 3-22 and 22 against Miami. Mm. Um, and that includes some years when Miami wasn't very good. I mean, Miami's got what the, you know, got their number. I think the game is actually down in Miami this year. So if you ask me, that's going to be about the only question facing this pit team. Well, the cool thing is, speaking of the schedule, I, I want to go to the beginning before we go to the very end, because the last game of the regular season <laughs> is the Miami game. And it could be for all the marbles in terms of who's going to get to Charlotte. 
But I tell you what, Paul, I love the opener. When you go West by God, Virginia, the backyard brawl is back. Uh, they feel good. Neil Brown's got life right where he wants it. He got JT Daniels, a transfer from Georgia. We know what Pitt's all about. I love that as an opener. To me, that kind of captures what college football is all about. Some things that we lost during expansion. But West Virginia, Pitt, right out of the gate. And you follow up with Tennessee coming up there. I mean, that's a great one-two combination to start the season. Well, I, we'll, we'll have a real good idea where Pitt is after their first two games. And let's not forget, I mean, I know the quarterback's gone, but they got to go to Western Michigan the, the week after. They play at Western <laughs> Nightmares. And, and, you know, Western Michigan beat them last year. But I, I think the other part of it is, if you look at Pitt's history of going to Mac schools, it, it seems like they've struggled. You know, I, I was there when Bruce Gradkowski in Toledo, you know, uh, Pitt was ranked like number nine in the country, and Bruce Gradkowski in Toledo put a bunch of points up on him and beat him. I was in Ohio U when Frank Solich uh, uh, beat uh, beat Pitt in one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched. Um, there's another game I'm missing, but uh, it, it could be it could be very interesting right out of the gate. Those three games, West Virginia, you know, to me is a game that should be played every single year. It, it, it's amazing to me that it took. A few years, a few years off before they, and they just renewed it for four more years. Yep. I mean, it's it's a game that should be played every single year. As you said, it's college football. The two schools are 55, 60 miles apart at most. Uh, the two fan bases, I mean, it's a cliche, but genuinely don't like each other. And, uh, you know, the game will be really hard-hitting, chippy uh, kind of game where the, both teams are going to really go after each other. I mean, that's what you want. <laughs> By the way, uh, switching gears real quick, uh, Kenny Pickett, obviously we're big fans. Uh, I know the folks in Pittsburgh love him. Uh, what about the chances of Kenny Pickett staying in Pittsburgh and being drafted by the Steelers Thursday night? Well, I mean, it, I, 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 want, I read all these mock drafts. I mean, he's either going to be drafted number one overall or he's a fifth <laughs> rounder. I mean, depending on what you, you know. And that being said, Looking at the general consensus among all of the, you know, gurus out there, if you put all of there, it seems like he will not be on the board at 20 when they pick. It seems like he will be picked probably, maybe even by Carolina, I guess, what, six or seven or whatever. But it just seems like, to me, he will not be around uh, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, the, the Steelers picking. So, if he's there, then I think the chances of him being a Steeler are pretty high, but I don't think he'll be there. I think the guy that people think the Steelers probably are going to end up with is the Willis kid from Liberty. Um, you know, if he gets, I guess, into the teens, there's a good chance they'll, dry, they'll trade up to get him. So we'll see. I, I, I doubt that Kenny Pickett will make it to the Steelers. What have you been hearing about Damari Mathis? He's a guy that for me is is really you know one of the biggest sleepers in this ACC class. That man, the Senior Bowl, he did great work. Combine, pro day, he did unbelievably great. I, I just see him sneaking into maybe a third round because of how well he's played. Well, I mean that's the the latest projection I saw with him was somewhere uh, in uh, the like the eighty to ninety range. So what? Well, that would be what that's the second round right or third round that's the third round which is probably where he should be i mean the thing about pat narduzzi's uh corners and you guys all watch them um i think sometimes even to the detriment of you know what they're trying to do 
I mean, they're out on an island. And so they, they are playing, you know, if you're an NFL team and you want to see if a kid can cover, all you got to do is watch, put on the tape and watch, you know, Pitt play. They're not <laughs> really trying to trick many people. They're not trying to do anything crazy. It's basically, look, you go out and get that guy. You go out and get that guy. and Let's see what happens. Um, so, you know, I think with him, you know, his skills. And if you look, Pitt's corners have done reasonably well. Uh, in the draft, even the ones that have been, I mean, in, in, in the NFL, even the ones that have been drafted even, you know, high or lower. Um, so I, I think that he'll be a pretty good NFL player. You're right, though. Nobody's really talking about it. Everybody's talking about the quarterbacks and, and uh, you know, some of the skill position guys. Uh, which, by the way, I forgot, to, I forgot to mention that little fact when I was talking about this year's pit team. You know, they have the Bolitnikoff winner coming back. They've got Jared Wayne coming back. He's a really good receiver. Uh, and then they've got this uh, Kanata Mumfield kid who was the top junior, uh, the top uh, transfer on the market at receiver. They got him too. Um, so they've, uh, you know, on top of their running backs, and and they've got a really good young uh, tight end in Gavin Bartholomew, and an offensive line that has all five guys coming back. Um, I, I, I again, I can't stress enough. I can't, I can't wait to watch this offense play. It's going to be amazing. Paul, now that we got you in the car uh, and you're done with this interview, uh, now I can go pick up breakfast, dry cleaning. Man, you're good to go. I'm glad we were able to get you out of the house. Well, yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's, it, luckily, it's a nice day out here. My luck usually is that happens and I run out and it's raining, so I'm sitting here doing this interview soaking wet. So that, that, that's the first good thing I can tell you is that the weather's nice. Yeah, you're living a good life. Hey, listen, always a pleasure, man. We appreciate the insight. We'll see you soon. All right, thanks for having me, guys. You got it. Always a pleasure. There's Paul Zeiss from the car. That was great. Again. That's great. I think the last two or three times we've had Paul, he's from been the on the turnpike, he's on parked on the side of the road, and then we get him in the car again. It's he's a tradition. He's, he's turning into Mike Bray. Every time we do an interview with Bray, he's got the dry cleaning in the back or whatever the case may be. All right, uh, we're going to continue our conversation regarding college football and the ACC when we return. Again, the last segment of a very quick football-driven show today. It's Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Today's been about football, 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 football. Um, all right, anything change your mind after uh, two hours and 46 minutes of talking to some folks that cover this stuff like we do? Getting really excited about Pitt. Coming in today, it was, it was kind of all Miami. I'm getting really excited about Pitt. Just when you think of everything that they have coming back, offensively now it, it truly is going to it's revolve Miami we have a known baller at quarterback Pitt I think we have two good options maybe one a little bit ahead of the other but I think Pitt's supporting cast is significantly better than Miami's and they've won it and they've done it not just talk about it they've done it and that matters it surely does I mean, a lot of folks does. don't believe that but I, I I do believe that the fact that hey you know I don't need to tell you about we're going to win an ACC title Pitt's walked it. right Stable coaching staff, yeah, you know, established. And, and let's be honest, since Miami joined the league, we expected Miami to be that team, and they've been there one time. Yeah. And Mark Rick showed up, and it was ugly. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And they've had one year in which they did double digits. So I think Miami's primed to be that team, but Pitt's sitting there going, hey, guess what? You know, you guys keep thinking that mm -hmm. we're the second and third best mm -hmm. team in the division. Yeah. Watch us. Yeah. We're going to get ready to go play again. So that that last game, I mean, it's going to be tremendous just to just to see it happen. And we just heard, I mean, Pitt, it's their Achilles heel. It's their 
team they just can't beat, no matter how good they are, which last year was the best they've been and how long, and just can't get it done against Miami. So can this team take another step? It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a play-in game, I think, for the ACC championship. Anybody else on that side of the division can scare Miami or Pitt? You vibe in North Carolina or Virginia. We've got a bunch of new coaches. Mike Elko at Duke, Georgia Tech, work in progress. They open with Clemson. You see anybody making it? I like Virginia. I mean, I really do. Because of Armstrong? Um, because of Armstrong, because of the receivers. Uh, Elliot, I obviously very much so believe in him. But there's a lot they have to kind of deal with outside. You know, the defense, they have to figure that out. I mean, it's been abysmal the last two years. Offensive line, I mean, there, there's just not enough bodies. Uh, but I do like Brennan. I think he can win you games. I think if it's, you know, 40 to 40, whatever we have to do, you know, let's go out there and play. North Carolina, just too many unknowns. Uh, it's Josh Downs and who else? Like, who else is going to step up? from a skill player position to really counterbalance that for them. And then who's who's throwing the football? You know, I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. I think both guys showed extreme bright spots in the spring game and show that they can do it. Um, but just who – is someone going to separate enough? I think that's what Carolina is waiting for. And then defensively, I mean, my goodness, they have all these four and five stars that just have been here. Need them to take that next step and really deliver all the hype and excitement. I think they can easily, but I just I expected it last year, didn't get it, just might not have it. Well, it ho- well hopefully day. Gene Chizik changes that for Mac Brown. But what about Virginia Tech? I mean, they yeah. you know look like I thought that they found a quarterback with Grant doing his thing, throwing it all over the yard. Grant Wells, we're talking about the transfer. Uh, Brent Pry is a defensive guy. They want to get back to smashing you again and playing yeah. great special teams. You think Virginia Tech can make that leap and go, guess what? You know what? You boys got to come to my house in yeah. Blacksburg, yeah. in Miami. You, you're coming to our house. Not next year. I don't think next year. I think they, they need to build. I think, they, I think they need to build a little bit. I think they need to get into recruiting, get in the transfer portal, fill some pieces. I, I look at them uh, from, from a skill position and, and just don't know. Like, who's going to be our guy? You know, obviously there were flashes in the spring game of one guy. But I need to see consistently. I love what I did see from Wells, you know, from those deep ball passes. Beautiful, right on the money. But just need to see more from a skill position. Obviously, offensive line, you know, we David Teal rattled them off. Who, who's going to be next? But then after that, it, it's a little bit of a question mark. Defensively, I think that's where they can make some noise. And, and you know, obviously, Dax being back, being pretty much prized right-hand guy on the field. Excited to see that culture. We, we spoke about fit. You brought it up. I think fit for Virginia and Virginia Tech, grand slams. Mm -hmm. I think they really hit a home run there. Give them some time. Let them build their program, their culture. Then we might look up in a couple of years and be like, whoa, that was awesome. Atlantic Division. I think it's going to be the most underrated division in the country. It's going to be loaded. (laughs) you got three teams going to get all kinds of top 15 love and even higher with Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson. And then I think that whole cluster of Louisville and Florida State – they're sitting there going, hey, in BC, uh, we could play, we could be a problem, and I think I think Dino's guys are going to be improved at Syracuse, yeah, Atlantic. Yeah. Is it Clemson and everybody chasing? You know, I I don't think so this year. I think it is Clemson up front, but I think NC State and Wake are right there, right behind them, pulling on that cape, saying, hey, last year wasn't a mistake, last year wasn't a one year wonder, and they're going to have a great chance to prove that. You know, obviously Clemson going to Wake Forest this year, Wake has been as good as they've ever been, and gets smacked by Clemson. You have to be able to take that next step if you want to be legitimate, if you want to be a year-in and year-out power. And some of that comes with schematics. I mean, you keep doing that long zone read against those werewolves, look out. You're going to have to change something there for Wake Forest. And then in NC State, Joe brought it up. I mean, that they have 
The Super Bowl, October 1. Go do it in Death Valley. Great you did it at home. Clemson's won 100 straight at home. They don't lose there. You have to go and take it from them if you, if you want to be great. If you all came back for those reasons, and they certainly might be able to, but I think Clemson is is going to feel that disrespect. They're going to create it, create that chip. That's, that's where they thrive. Uh, but I will say, at Wake Forest, September 24th, NC State at home October 1. Those are early games yep. for a team that says, hey, DJ, you got to be the guy. And you got to be ready to go week one against Georgia Tech. That yep. can't be one of those things we ease into yep. it. No, you got to be able to rip because you're going to have your two biggest. And then, by the way, Boston College is at the right end. So you got three straight with Wake, State, BC if you're yep. Clemson. You got to have the answer to that. You have to. And I think, you know, the, the quarterback position is going to be the most important thing. As Grace brought up, DJ, if you don't make the strides, you don't do the things necessary. There is somebody there that will take it. Unlike last year, there wasn't really anybody. It's going to be fascinating to see that. I don't think it's a battle, but see that situation unfold. Always a pleasure, man. Yeah, man. Love talking ball Easy with show. You. Yeah, it's always easy. West Durham expected to be back tomorrow. The smart people in Bristol, great job. Folks, enjoy your Tuesday. We'll catch you on a Wednesday morning right here on ACC Network. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.